Hey guys, welcome back to the show. My name is Lauren. This is Liam. Hello. We have a fun show for you today and a big thank you for tuning in, especially the live viewers. And just a reminder, if you are a live viewer, we will be going over Super Chats after we run through all the topics. So if you have any comments, questions, concerns, uh, we will get to them about an hour into the stream. So just stay put. We will be answering them. So today, Conor McGregor and Taylor Swift, both within the past week or so, came out with political news, very, very different views being displayed in different ways, very different reaction from the media. So we're going to see which is the over-celebrity, <laughs> the chat in this case. Uh, then Virginia had a pro-Second Amendment rally that the media was very disappointed, didn't descend into this just white supremacist violence. I know. It's hard. No Dodge Chargers anymore. No, we don't yeah. always get what we want. It's sad seeing it. I know. Um, and then we ask ourselves, can we criticize degeneracy without being bigoted? How how far does this tolerance go? Do we have to love everything everybody does? Can we have any standards at all, especially when it comes to how LGBT people behave? That's what we're going to be looking at today. It's going to be a fun show. First, though, I have some big news for you guys. This is the year that I am going to be straining my teeth with candid clear liners. I know you guys are all very interested in how my teeth are looking, uh, and you could be too. So if you're anything like me, unhappy with your smile, unconscious in photos, anything like that because of how your teeth look, um, I recommend you check out Candid. They deliver clear liners directly to you and straighten your teeth for 65% less than braces. Huge savings. Unlike braces, Canon Clear Liners are comfortable, removable, and invisible, so you can transform your smile without anybody noticing. Plus, you never have to set foot in a doctor's office or waiting room, and I mean ever. Your treatment is prescribed remotely, by a licensed orthodontist, and Candid delivers everything you need right to your door. Unlike other companies, Candid only works with orthodontists, never just general dentists, uh, with 20 years of experience on average. And if you're looking ahead to wedding season or a special event, like we are eventually, I know it's a meme, it's happening soon though. Uh, with Candid, the average treatment length is just six months, so you'll start seeing results way sooner than then as well. Learn more about Candid's process and get a complimentary 3D scan of your teeth at a Candid studio near you. It's the simplest and freest way to get started. So are you ready to take the first step toward straighter teeth? For a limited time, you can get started with $75 off by using code Lauren at CandidCo.com slash Lauren. That's CandidCo.com slash Lauren. Again, use code Lauren for $75 off. That's candidco.com slash Lauren, code Lauren. All right, so Conor McGregor, Taylor Swift, two very different people. Uh, yeah, trending this week for engaging in politics. Like I said, very different views, very different ways. So first, Conor McGregor, UFC superstar. Yes. Angry Irishman. I never thought we'd cover this guy because I know that Lauren... One hates basically MMA, UFC, everything like that. She even hates that I like to watch it and even that it's I It's just, it's aggressive. Train, you know? It's, I but don't like the idea of you getting punched in the face or just That doesn't happen weird. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, especially Connor. I know that she's not a fan of Connor McGregor. Yeah. But here we are talking about him on the show, which is... Uh, yeah, and we will get fun. into why I'm not a fan, right? Because, I mean, he has... Anyway, this week he's come perfect, out... perfect, Lauren. No. What do you... We're, okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. Apparently, he's MAGA, though, right? Yeah. So um, is this the first time, by the way, he's ever commented on politics, just for background? I don't follow um, him that At least closely. on American politics, as far as I'm aware. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So um, recently, it was the three-year anniversary of Trump's inauguration, and he put out a tweet about it. McGregor posted this in response that definitely got a lot of people talking. From his official account, he said, Phenomenal president. 
quite possibly the USA, and then he put a little goat emoji for greatest of all time. High praise. Most certainly one of them anyway, as he sits atop the shoulders of many amazing giants that came before him, no easy feat. Uh, early stages of term also incredible. Congrats and happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day, America. Um, so people were, first off, let's acknowledge the elephant in the room. He misspelled feet. Yes, F-E-E-T, F-E-A-T. Um, I am queen of typos. I feel like the internet needs my opinion on all things right away. I don't have time to withhold from them. I need to get it out there as fast as possible. So I am in no position to kind of make fun of anybody's typos. But um, I think most people were supportive of what he said. I don't want to act like he got ratioed or anything like that because I think most people were either just like, okay, liked it, moved on. Maybe they like Trump or were just kind of, yeah. Saying, hey, congrats on your recent win kind of thing. I mean, this went over strangely because Connor talks a lot. And so I'm not even sure how much I care about this to some degree because he just talks so much crap all the time to everybody that some you, you can't really take it seriously a lot of the time. And in the recent years, basically, he hasn't fought very much and he's been still talking a lot of game. So... <laughs> It would be very easy to dismiss this, but the fact is he just, he tweeted this on what I believe was Monday, Martin Luther King yeah. Day, right? And just two nights prior, as I'm sure most of you are aware, he had a phenomenal fight, a comeback fight against uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone, uh, who's also a terrific, like... Uh, I love how uh, you're looking at me for this part, yeah, as if uh, I have well, anything to offer. How would I describe Sports. him? He's, he's, he's like, you know, if you're a Southerner, a Southerner, an American guy, Cowboy is like... The icon of, of like what I think of those people. Like, you know, he's a good, he's a good dude. I like him. Um, a very good guy and, and, a, and a respectable athlete. But he got, he got crushed in 40 seconds by Connor and it was a terrific fight. Are there spoilers in UFC? Do we have to like disclaim listen, that? Is that a spoiler? I mean, Is that how listen, that works? I don't know. Sorry. But you, if you, if you haven't heard what happened, yeah, you live under while. a rock. It's been a while. And the point, the point is, I guess that after that happened, you, you kind of had to start taking Connor seriously again. So it's like people when when he responded with this tweet and he's on the top of the mountain again of of athletes everywhere now all of a sudden uh, the left isn't very happy about it and they have a lot more trouble dismissing it I guess than they would normally mm -hmm. and I think it's also valid to say he doesn't need this right now like he just had this huge win everyone's mm -hmm. talking about it it's not like he needed to drum up controversy or attention no and I mean historically he hasn't had a problem with that anyway again which we will get to yeah. Um, but yeah most most people were supportive or didn't care, but there were some people predictably saying, oh, too bad. I used to be a fan, right? Right. So, I mean, part of me is like, yeah, should he be losing more fans because he has lost fans in the past because he has done some things that are less than, I yes. guess, ideal, I, I would say. But yeah. So I'm not sure how it was from a business move for, for him, but I think that it was it was definitely an interesting take. Yeah. Well, I mean, my views on celebrity politics, if you're new here, is that celebrities should be held to the same standard as everyone else when it yeah. comes to politics. So uh, they don't have to, like, keep quiet and never express their views and their views aren't worthless. They're worth as much as anyone else's. And I also don't think that they have to insert themselves into politics if they don't want to. Right. I mean, just like anyone else. Uh, but I do believe their beliefs aren't correct because they're celebrities. That's right. um, they shouldn't be made to be figureheads of certain causes they're not educated about just because they're celebrities and like anyone else if you don't shut up about politics while at work and your work does not relate to politics you're annoying okay people get bored of that that's a pretty general rule of thumb 
So if I see a celebrity whose work I like making a post now and then about like not liking Trump or voting Democrat, which are views I don't agree with, like as long as they're not acting like a crazy person about it or trying to become like this full-time activist, like as long as they're engaging in politics like a normal person would, like your uncle or aunt on Facebook would, then I, 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 I don't well, care. Well, not that uncle, but yeah. you know, the other <laughs> the, uncle. the other one, yeah, the normal yeah, one. Yeah. It doesn't bother me then. Um, so... I kind of view this tweet by McGregor as something akin to that. It, this seemed honestly very relatively classy. You know, yeah. he just said congratulations. So he, he, he stated a political opinion and that was it. It wasn't like for uh, the MMA fans and, and for mega people, you might have seen on Candace Owens' show, she had uh, Colby Covington who, who just fought for a title in November. And he is like mega man. Like mm-hmm. he's like uh, all the way, like like – the Trumps fly out to watch him fight, basically. They, they, they get, put him in the hotel and everything like that. Connor didn't do something like that. Connor said, you know, this is a good He just put out a tweet. Right, right. exactly. I don't it. find that, I don't find it obnoxious. He also didn't like quote, quote reply. So it's like mm. on Twitter, uh, if, if you want to draw more attention to something, you can post it on your own timeline or you can just reply on theirs. So that, that's what he did. He just replied on his. Uh, I think a lot of McGregor fans were like, all right. I still like you for your athleticism. It's not like I was coming to you for any sort of political discourse advice anyway. This is fine, but... And I'll be honest, there's a certain percentage of his fans that I don't think it matters what he does. They'll still be fans. Of his, I have gotten know. the feeling of uh, that, but, yeah. yeah. Well, because, I mean, before the McGregor fans or former fans who are saying that his support of Trump means they can't be his fans anymore... Like what they're essentially saying is that their support for an athlete kind of hinges on the athlete's morality in their in their eyes. Like they're saying, yeah. "You're too bad a person now. I'm not going to support you." That's a fair point. Well, I mean, that's fair enough. Right. Like there, there's the view that I just like you for a, your athleticism, your skill. Or if you want to kind of say, "No, I want to judge you as a person as a whole." I'm not here to say one is better than the other. But if that is your view that you can't support a, a fighter now because he's a bad person, he's done bad things, considering everything that McGregor has done. Uh, how is him just saying that Donald Trump is the greatest of all time? Like, that's what sends him over the edge into the realm of, like, not acceptable behavior. Like, th- this is what he's done, that source. Because we're going to go through some of the things that he's done, just for context, because I know a lot of, maybe some people watching this don't know. Here's an article that came out, I think, last year from The Independent. Conor McGregor, Miami arrest, the most controversial moments in the UFC star's professional career. Again, we're not trying to hate on Conor here. We're just doing this for context. On Monday, the mixed martial artist and one-time professional boxer was arrested in South Florida for stealing the cell phone of someone who was trying to take his photo, authorities said. But this is far from the first time the UFC superstar has seen his name in the news for all the wrong reasons. Below, we take a look at some of the most controversial moments in an incredibly turbulent career. Here we go. I own this town. I own Rio de Janeiro, McGregor told Brazilian fighter Jose Aldo, sorry if that's not right, in a series of heavily criticized comments. And this is where it gets good. In previous times, I would invade his favela on horseback and would kill anyone who wasn't fit to work. But we're in a new time, so I'll whoop his ass instead. Okay? So this is... Said and done. And then McGregor has become being in trouble for throwing things before ahead of UFC 202. He became involved in a heated altercation with the Diaz brothers, which culminated in him hurling full cans of energy drink across a press conference. He was subsequently fined 25k by the Nevada State Athletic Commission and handed 25 hours community service. Listen, that's just promotion. It it's is just what it promotion, is. right? Uh, there were a number of controversial moments during the Mayweather versus McGregor World Press Tour. With the UFC champion accused of racism on more than one occasion. He attracted criticism for telling Mayweather to dance for me, boy. And if you're like, oh, that's actually not that bad. 
not done. Before later reasoning, he was not a racist because, quote, I'm black from the belly button down. Ah, positive racist. <laughs> positive, yeah. Hmm. Uh, a warrant for McGregor's arrest was issued after the Irishman was caught on video smashing the window of a bus full of fighters with a sack trolley. The two fighters were injured in the incident with McGregor eventually handing himself into the police. He was yeah. eventually sentenced to three days of anger management courses and five days of community service. And he was also banned from the UFC for six months and fined 50k for brawling with the camp of Khabib after his world title loss. And that list, by the way, doesn't include the video footage that came out in August of him punching an old man at a pub. Again. Well, also, in fairness, he's also got some allegations of sexual abuse. Yes, but, in fairness yes, for that. But so. like I said, if you if you still want to support him as an athlete and say, I enjoy watching him yeah. fight, that's I'm not saying that's not valid. But for anyone who's like... Now you're a bad person. Yeah. You know, I was with you uh, with those comments, but you supporting Trump, that's what makes you unacceptable. I'm never going to understand that. They're buying into the Trump's Hitler kind of thing. I'm yeah. not sure. I, I don't. I, I'm not sure if there's any logic to it. No, right? It's just they have an emotional connection to McGregor yeah. and an emotional hatred for Trump. And then it's like, well, I guess one, one, has one to, over the other for them. But there wasn't any logic behind their... their yeah. And it's like, ideas. it just, there are so many things like that, especially in Hollywood, in music and entertainment. Um, if, if you're a conservative in like a lot of these media roles, you will be blacklisted for, you know, saying anything that's considered too right wing. But there are so many other celebrities who have done things like, I mean, Chris Brown beat the crap out of Rihanna. Woody, uh, what is it? Woody Allen. He's just like a really weird dude. Um, Roman Polanski. Oh, like there's, there's yeah. so many of them. And like somehow, and we even saw this with Vince Vaughn, a celebrity famous person kind of coming mm. out with maybe even slightly right wing. I think Vince Vaughn's actually libertarian, not even like conservative. Mm. Like that's what gets news coverage. So he that's likes memes, what, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that's what gets you morally indignant. It's crazy. What the heck is that? Um, a few people have suggested online that the people saying they're no longer fans of his were never actually fans of his to begin with, and they're just kind of trying to make him regret what he said. I actually, I have had people yeah. do that to me online. Like, I'll post something on social media. It'll get shared, and then someone will say, oh, I used to like you, but, uh, you know, this is awful, like, unsubscribed or unfollowed. And then, like, I'll check out their profile, and it's like, based on what you're posting here, you were never a fan. <laughs> just, like, really quick. So, yeah, I mean, I think there is maybe somewhat of an attempt to make him more worried that he's losing fans than he actually I, is. Yeah, which I I think he's had way bigger fish to fish to fry in terms of losing fans in the past. You yeah. Know? Like he's done some he's done some things that merited people not being a fan of his. Yeah. And, and you know what? And I'm not I'm not someone I'm not a fanboy for Connor, believe it or not. I, I enjoy watching him fight. I think he's charismatic. And I I like like, you know, so to some degree, I am a fan of it. Okay? <laughs> Fine. I'm getting progressively. Yeah. All right, yeah. I love Conor, <laughs> but um, I, I, yeah, I'm not like obviously his personality yeah. outside of uh, outside of there. I find reprehensible a lot of the time. But then there's the other side of me that like I want. I see someone who genuinely seems like this whole fight week. He didn't talk any. He was. He's been on very good behavior for quite a while. He stopped drinking. He's doing all these things to get his life back in order. It's like, well, I'm a Christian. And I'm biased and want to give this guy a second chance. Yeah. And to be fair, I've done like even when if anybody knows who John Jones is, he's a UFC light heavyweight champion who is like also king degenerate, like uh, like someone who ran into a pregnant woman's car, broke her leg and then ran off like 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 bad, not good. Right. Um, but he seemed genuinely like he was trying to turn a new leaf at one point to me. 
Yeah. Uh, despite everybody hating him. Yeah. And I was ready to try and to move like on. him. Yeah. But then he did something bad again. And I was like, all right, this is. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's straw. a good point. Like, you know. You know and for all the Conor McGregor apologists out there, we should be willing to move on. I think it's been like, what, nine months since his last controversy. So, yeah, if he's yeah. on a better road, then that's all good. But, I mean, some people were saying that anyone who supports McGregor but not Con Kaepernick was being hypocritical. Mm. Do you think that's fair? No. Yeah. Well, I, one, McGregor's a good athlete, right? So. Yeah. Again, I can't, I can't even comment on Con. I've never watched a football game with him. Or yeah. perhaps at all. But um, so the reason why I think like McGregor and Kaepernick is different is it's not like Conor McGregor is going into a UFC fight and trying to make this big political statement. What Colin Kaepernick did was on the field, right? So I think that's a huge, yeah, huge sort difference. Of. And, yeah, so I guess. And there are, there are a lot of fighters who do say political things. Yeah. And it, it's strange because the, the media and MMA is very left-wing, but there are a lot of right-wing fighters. And actually the UFC itself – has been pretty good with supporting Trump because yeah, they he's did. one of the yeah. I saw you sent me a like a little homage to Trump that they did. But yeah. I mean, he's been not necessarily his politics, but he's been a supporter of them as a right. Business. One of the yeah. first fights they had was at a, a Trump hotel, I believe. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised that that Connor is has conservative leanings just based on the way that I know these fighters' brains work, mm -hmm. right? You know, they're not... He probably likes Trump because he's trying to pass, like, the First Step Act, you know, criminal yeah. justice reform. He likes that. Uh, uh, but, yeah, love him, hate him. Something that you've got to hand McGregor for, like, I, and I'll admit this, is that at least he seems genuine. Like, I don't I don't really think this is a political stunt. Um, and he's definitely not against... To, he's not afraid to go against the grain. I think it's safe to say, That's right? Fair. You don't have to love Trump. You don't have to love McGregor. I feel like what you see is what you get, and he's just being unapologetically him. Kind of different, though, I would say, from the whole vibe that Taylor Swift gives us, because mm. she's also in the news again. Okay, so we're going to get into that in just a second. Before we do, I need to tell you guys about CarShield, because cars today are like computers on wheels, from electronically controlled transmissions to touchscreen displays, dozens of sensors, all of that. But all this tech is expensive to fix if and when it breaks. Liam was telling me when he was buying his new car, and he has the newest car of all of us, uh, that has a touchscreen, and they told him it would be about 3K to fix any of the electronics he had in his car if they broke and he didn't have protection. So that's why I have CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for covered repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. You get to choose your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. CarShield coverage gets you back on track in no time. They offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield has helped over 1 million customers, so drive with confidence knowing you have coverage from America's number one auto protection provider. Whether you have 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles on your vehicle, it is inevitable that something will break. So don't wait until your check engine light comes on, even though I am usually the type of person to do that. Get covered by CarShield today. Call 800-CAR-6000 and mention code Lauren or visit carshield.com and use code Lauren to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code Lauren, a deductible may apply. All right, so we have talked about Taylor Swift before on this show and her change from being uh, not not really politically outspoken, even yeah. apolitical, you could say, to going full on, yeah, let me be essentially a campaign surrogate for the DNC. And she, I don't really follow her too closely, but anytime she sneezes, it ends up on a trending page. So that's how I keep up with my Taylor Swift happenings. She essentially seems to be launching this 
marketing push almost around her new woke persona, mm -hmm. right? She's doing press releases about it. She has a Netflix documentary coming out soon and, and a trailer for it was just re released. And by the looks of it, it's going to lean heavily into the whole politics thing. It's like, she, this is like a whole new brand of Taylor Swift. Uh, the trailer is like two minutes long, but we have a, a little clip of it here. My whole career, label executives would just say, a nice girl doesn't force their opinions on people. A nice girl smiles and waves and says, thank you. I wanna do this. I need to be on the right side of history. Taylor Swift broke her silence on politics no, over the week. Her voice in a whole new way. So brave, stunning, inspirational. And doesn't it just feel genuine? Yeah, very, very genuine. I, I often have, like what, when I do things that are brave, I make sure that I have camera crews and then like this whole documentary to kind of just explain my process. Um, you know, Taylor Swift coming out in support of the Democrats who incidentally, just coincidentally, happened to be the party of the media, music industry, the young and mostly female fans that she has, uh, you know, just a brave breakout move. Yeah. I mean, I, w I will say I find some humor in this, uh, ironic humor, because back in like, I think 2016, 2015, there were all these alt-right memes that oh, she was like yeah. the Aryan goddess that yeah. was like keeping quiet because it's like she was yeah some kind of ice princess. And uh, I don't even know. The thing is, I still don't feel like I know her political beliefs because this They're is just the as most... manufactured as possible. And her delivery of them is about as elitist as I could possibly imagine. Yeah. Right? It's just the most like vapid pre-produced, pre-approved political views for 2020 that you could possibly have, anything that she has said. Yes. She's not rocking the boat. She has explicitly said uh, in the past, I don't think Democrats should inf be infighting. I think she said literally, it's like if you're a Democrat, get in the car, we're going shopping or we're going to the mall, something like that. So it's like not even are you just like, yeah, I'm a Democrat. You're not even having the balls to say, all right, but are you a Bernie person or are you a Biden person, right? Because then that could potentially be... It's a big difference too. Yeah. And also how cringe is it to say if you're a Democrat, get in the car, let's go to the mall. Oh no, it's it's really... Like that's, that's boomer talk. Yeah, I, I made fun of that and then I had like 50 angry Swifties in my mentions. Mm. Yeah, those teenage girls man wait who do you think is a bigger celebrity between the two of them taylor swift taylor swift she's one of the oh yeah taylor swift for sure i guess i'm just uh, i'm, I'm in taylor the wrong swift. circles I yeah guess, but no taylor swift really I, yeah i mean among I, uh, is she right about that chat yeah okay among like 25 year old males or whatever maybe not but just worldwide the mm. amount of if you ask someone on the street hey who's conor mcgregor or hey who's taylor swift taylor swift for sure really <sighs> for sure i, I don't no, know it's not even a question it's not, not even a question. Um, so I get that Taylor Swift probably wanted some of those like glowing puff pieces by the media that they do about all the woke celebrities. I mean, we see Lily Allen get this kind of attention. Colin Kaepernick's probably the biggest one. Um, Jamila Jamil, she's kind of getting promoted like that. Who else? Um, Lena Dunham. Amy Schumer, right? These like woke, so it, it gets you positive press. You don't even need to have anything coming out, but if you present yourself as like a champion for this social justice cause, the media is gonna love you because they love social justice causes, right? Um, so that makes it expedient, sure, makes it profitable. I can actually respect the hustle, I think, but it doesn't make it brave, right? Like anyone who's pretending or this documentary that seems to be painting it as like this like huge coming of age, like, oh my God, no, that's, She's doing what is best for her career. This is it. Yep. It's just seems so calculated. Again, what's actually brave? Love him or hate him, agree with, agree with him or not. It's frankly like what Conor McGregor did. Like giving your kudos to someone who is irrationally hated, Donald Trump. Um, 
by pretty much all the people whose job it is to report on you, uh, to offer you sponsorships. HR marketing departments are super, super aggressive. Accept your sponsorships. Again, we're talking about like ad agencies and stuff, managers, or represent you in so many other things. Yeah. Putting yourself firmly on the side of someone who they hate. What about his own home country? Right, I, I yeah. wager Trump's approval in Ireland isn't above thirty percent. No, no, right? for sure not. You know, that's a left wing media all the way there. I'm sure that that's not a good thing even for people in his home country. So, no, yeah, like I mean, brave. again, yeah. you don't have to support him for it, but that's at the very least courageous. Well, you know what I love about it though is that I don't think it was it, there was no bravery in that calculation. It was just <laughs> here's what I think, and I'm putting it out there. Yeah, just like and that's that's what you got to love about it. Yeah, I know? mean, and, and Trump does that himself a lot. Yeah, I, I was <laughs> just I was just gonna say I often. Take that approach with tweeting. Here's what I think. It's in the ether now. Just make of it what you will. Um, but I mean, just to kind of drive home how manufactured I think the whole Taylor Swift political thing is, um, she did this interview with Vogue because, like I said, like you you take this progressive stance and all of these media outlets want to talk to you about it. And coincidentally, you have all of these talking points just, you know, pre-approved. Um, so she, she did an interview with Vogue to talk about her new documentary and also political engagement and she also coincidentally has a song a political themed song to go in the documentary mm. yeah would you look at that so here it is oh sorry it's not vogue it's variety uh, how midterm elections inspired taylor swift's new song only the young taylor swift recorded a song during her lover album sessions only the young that was held back and kept under wraps for the right occasion I wrote it after the midterm elections when there were so many young people who rallied for their candidate, whether it was a senator or congressman or congresswoman. Yes, Taylor, those are the those are the names of those roles. Very good. Uh, it was hard to see so many people feel like they had canvassed and done everything and tried so hard. I saw a lot of young people's hopes dashed, and I found that to be particularly tragic because young people are the people who feel the worst effects of gun violence and student loans and trying to figure out how to start their lives and how to pay their bills and climate change. And are we going to war? All these horrific situations that we find ourselves facing right now. Because she literally just listed like everything that's listed on the Women's March. Like maybe in order even. Like it's just, it's that, ooh, that's specific. Okay. Key lyrics from the song, Only the Young, include, You did all that you could do. The game was rigged. The ref got tricked. The wrong ones think they're right. We were outnumbered this time. <laughs> Don't you love the depth of pop lyrics? Yeah. It's just, it's moving. It's substantive. It's it's modern poetry, you know. You could paste that into any era at any time and it would yeah. remain true. That's how vague and vapid it is. Exactly. Um, although it isn't specific about particular causes or political issues, how convenient. The track references forces that are, quote, too busy helping themselves. We got to do it ourselves. Ooh. They rhymed themselves yeah. with ourselves. Yeah. Which is really not a rhyme because your selves themselves is the same. Is yeah. the same. Mm -hmm. Um so, it, yeah, it's like a marketing team or a PR firm crafted this entire thing. I wouldn't even be surprised, and I know historically people have done this. Like, they have paid promotional pieces. I know movies uh, tend to do that. I wouldn't be surprised. This is essentially an ad for Taylor Swift to young women, like to the women who went to the Women's March kind of women. Um, so, like, I don't like Conor McGregor. I don't care for Taylor Swift, but one celebrity is clearly, in my opinion, being more obnoxious and calculating with this while the other is doing something, I think, not that shocking, right? You're you're replying to a tweet from the president saying you support him. Only one is being celebrated by the media as being oh, yeah. brave and this is this great undertaking. She's finding her voice, using her voice for positive change. And then the other one 
is apparently doing something controversial, right? Because there were all these pieces that were being released about it where people were shocked, like, you know, uh, no stranger to controversy, McGregor. And it's like, really? Is this even, how is this even news? Um, yeah, so big difference in how the media has reacted to these dif different cases, big difference in how fans have reacted. I would like to know what you guys think. If you're watching this, I can probably get a handle on it. Uh, do you think there's anything different in the way they're bringing politics maybe into the public light? Am I, are we being too, mostly him, being too kind to McGregor in this? Let us know. Okay, so next up, we have the Virginia gun rally. This past Monday, there was a pro-Second Amendment rally in Virginia, and that got lots of media coverage. We're going to be talking about that, but before we do, I need to give you guys a message from my friends at FreedomWorks. So Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi has finally released her sham impeachment articles, and that means President Trump's fate now rests in the hands of the Senate. And it's true that Republicans control the Senate, but can, guys, can you really trust people, moderates like Mitt Romney? <laughs> no. Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins, right? Murkowski and Collins voted to save Obamacare. Romney has done nothing in the Senate but attack the president. Thankfully, my friends over at FreedomWorks are launching a massive grassroots campaign to pressure these rhinos and the rest of the Senate to acquit President Trump. And if you'd like to help them do that, please text Lauren, that's my name, Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N, to 41490 to sign their petition now. I don't know about you, but I am sick and tired of hearing about this impeachment. Actually, I know you guys are. When I asked for subjects for this show, so many people were like, I'm tired of hearing about impeachment. I feel you. Um, but we all know this has been nothing but a partisan witch hunt from the beginning. And after wasting months of your time and tax dollars, Democrats still have nothing on President Trump. You know it. I know it. FreedomWorks knows it too. But the question is, do your senators? Does Romney? Does Collins? Does Murkowski? With the fate of Donald Trump's presidency hanging in the balance, can you afford to stay silent and trust that they'll do the right thing? I don't think so. That's why I'm encouraging you to text Lauren. Again, my name, Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N, to 41490 and sign FreedomWorks petition demanding the Senate acquit President Trump immediately. All right, so Virginia. You know, I am not someone who kind of keeps up on a lot of the Sec Second Amendment issues going on, especially the ones on a state level. I mean, I support gun rights, but, you know, there, there's so much going on in that arena. I usually don't keep up on, on, on the latest bills unless they kind of make national headlines. Um, but apparently in Virginia, N Ralph Northam, who, if you guys don't remember, he is the one who either appeared in blackface or as a KKK member. We mm. don't know yet. What's, Let us what's, know. What's, which... what's the better option? I think blackface. I don't know. This is, the better option would be to not do that. That's, yeah. And I love how he hasn't clarified because he knows. It's a lose-lose. He knows it's, it's lose-lose. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they've got some new laws that they're wanting to pass, things like um, limits on the number, sorry, of uh, pistols, handguns that you can buy per month. Um, they want to introduce things like red flag laws. It's been pretty controversial. So there was this rally this past Monday, and the media, for some reason, we know the reason, was so intent on branding the event as white nationalists or far right or another Charlottesville um, that at first me... Again, someone who isn't really tuned into everything that's happening. For a while, I actually believed it. I was like, oh, is there is there another Charlottesville? I, I, yeah, I well, just assumed. It's easy to believe because the historical precedent, I guess, right? Yeah, and everybody was yeah. saying it. Literally, everybody was saying it. Um, this was how it's being reported. If you guys think I'm exaggerating, just look at this clip we have. 
Authorities in Richmond are on high alert. It could be a tense day. Such polarization, what may happen in Virginia. Several hate groups, supposedly some white nationalists. White nationalists. White nationalists. White nationalists. White nationalist groups. White supremacists. White supremacists. White supremacists. White extremists. This entire rally stands in, in opposition to the meaning of this day. Virginia on the edge. How concerned are you that there might be some people in this crowd that may want to get violent? There's certainly a lot of concern. And by the way, that clip was longer. We had to trim it down. There yeah. was a lot of that kind of thing. Um, so it wasn't until I saw people who I actually know and trust saying, well, wait a second, this is not this is not a white supremacist rally. This is just a Second Amendment rally. But I actually had to look into it myself. And I was like, oh, dang, they're right. I mean, they're, I think with any huge rally, you have to be aware and just be, I don't know, careful of the fact that there are maybe some fringe elements that are going to show up. Oh, of and course. And I don't think Every you can time. always complain. Yeah. I mean, you can't always do anything about that. I mean, I, I, I was immediately suspicious when I saw that one clip and I saw like out of all the flags, the the one I saw the most by far, I forget what you call it, but it's the don't tread on me sneak. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's like, flag. all right. Yeah. Only yeah. libertarians and then like Republicans where that's like, that's not something that white supremacists really use. No, because don't get me wrong. That's going to be, I think it already has been kind a, of a, the a left new wing saying, dog yeah. whistle. Yeah. Cause yeah. Chris Pratt, I think it was wore it. That's right. You got in yeah. trouble for that. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it doesn't really make sense, but so what I want to do is I want to go through some of the things that were being said about this rally, because to me, it's really interesting how something like, I mean, gun, con gun control or gun rights, depending on where you where you sit on that has become such a charged issue, not just in terms of the the usual issue. Yeah, Come on. Missed opportunity. Not just in terms of the usual, oh, you're standing on the graves of dead children rhetoric, but also now it's apparently you're you're racist for it. It's like, are we just using that term for everything, even if it doesn't make sense? We have some things I'd like to go through. So Representative Don Bayer, he tweeted out. Annual gun lobby day protests in Richmond drew large numbers of white nationalists, militias, and racist conspiracy theorists this year. Neo-Nazis tried to use this rally to launch violent attacks. Trump's symbolism and memories of Charlottesville are vivid in many minds. Okay, so you're using as many buzzwords as you can. And I'm not saying, like, again, if, if there were a handful of actual white nationalists at that rally, I wouldn't blame the organizers. I wouldn't blame the vast majority of attendees who had nothing to do with that. But I feel like that's not even the case because if there was someone there who was holding up a Nazi flag or something, or wearing a white hood, I feel like that would be blowing up. And I've not seen that yet. Yeah, I know. And, and doesn't it just make you think about how easy it is? And I think there was actually a clip circulating about people infiltrating and doing just that kind of thing. Yeah. Right? Like that would be, if I, was, if I wanted to be, to subvert my political opponents, you know, I would go to an anti-fascist rally. I'm not saying I would actually do this, but yeah. if I was in that mindset, right, or I would go to a right-wing rally with a Nazi flag. Yeah. Right, but, that's perfect. And then the whole media will just, you'll like, see oh, what they'll do. Like, oh, this is how right? they are. The thing with not, you can't really use that on Antifa, though, because I don't know what you could do or say that's worse than how they actually present themselves. And the themselves. media would cover it up, of course. Right? Yeah, like, exactly. So it would only work in this case. Mm -hmm. But that's why, I, I mean... I didn't see a single thing like that, frankly. No, and I love how he mentions he just throws in Trump's symbolism and memories of Charlottesville are vivid in many minds today. Like, why? That has nothing to do with it. A, this has nothing to do with Trump, right? This is like Northam, Virginia, state-level stuff. Charlottesville, there's nothing like that, but you're just trying to conjure up, like, hey, remember that thing that was bad? This is, this is kind of like that thing that you don't like. Remember that. 
Um, we also had Ben Collins. This one was a funny one. And this was one of the, this was the tweet that actually kind of made me wise to the fact that this wasn't actually a white nationalist rally just because of the amount of backlash it sparked. He put out, and he's an actual reporter, uh, reporters covering tomorrow's white nationalist rally in Virginia, I'm absolutely begging you, verify information before you send it out tomorrow, even if it's a very sensational rumor you heard from a cop. Don't become a hero in neo-Nazi propaganda circles with made-up stuff. So he's tweeting out to other reporters, hey, don't put out fake news, while actively putting out fake news, which is impressive. In a single tweet, you've you've really become a meme of yourself. Um, and incidentally, he is doing the exact thing he's warning other people to do in yes. terms of becoming neo-Nazi propagandists. Uh, I think there was, you know, what, 20,000 I heard. Don't quote me on any particular number, but there were thousands and thousands of people there. I think the actual white nationalists, the neo-Nazis would love it if there was a rally for their cause that big. They would love it. But that's not what happened. And I don't know why, in a weird way, the media is carrying water for those guys. It's almost like they kind of feed off of each other. The The white nationalists want the media to promote them so they can be like, oh, yeah, there's so many of us. You might as well be us, too. And then the media want the white nationalists to become a threat so they can get those tasty. Well, that tasty Ben Collins tweet to me was almost like an animal farm, like dog whistle. It was yeah. like, you know, like you got to maintain the lie. Is yeah. It was what I understood in that. Yeah, maybe. Uh, he did delete that from what I understand. I don't know if he like overtly apologized for it, but he did delete it. Internet never forgets though, so people grab some screenshots. All right, so next, Alyssa Milano. So um, there's kind of this, there was this clip going around of a bunch of people open carrying and we have on, on, that, on that social media post, um, a, a, just a screenshot of it. People were op open carrying and walking down the street. Um, she wrote, this is what's happening in Virginia right now, Trump's America, making it out as if it were some, I don't, I don't know, like a, a, a death squad or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just from reading different tweets that people were putting out, I think a lot of people who are so against this are frankly like me and they didn't grow up around guns. Like they're not familiar with gun culture. They probably don't know about gun laws. I've made an effort to try to educate myself as best as I can. And I don't think people like Alyssa Milano understand that like open carry is actually a pretty common thing. It's a lot more common than something like concealed carry. And when like these people carrying their guns don't have bullets in the chambers. Um, I know people were raising concerns about safety, guns going off accidentally or purposefully. It's like, okay, there's actually like a, a big deal that's made by gun owners so that doesn't happen. Like they've, believe it or not, thought about that. Um, and there were a good amount of people who were kind of giving her crap for that saying, well, what are they doing wrong? Like, why, why are you scared? Um, and... People were saying this is actually, you know, there's all this debate over is the Second Amendment valid? What did it even mean at the time? There's a there's a good argument to be made that these people who are protesting, you know, some might say tyrannical laws are using the Second Amendment exactly how the founding fathers intended. Um, Scott Hetchinger, it's probably not right. Um, this was weird, said in New York, black teenagers face a mandatory minimum of 3.5 years and maximum of 15 years in prison for simple possession of a firearm. Meanwhile, in Virginia, parades of white people in ski masks carrying assault weapons walk menacingly down the street on MLK Day and all is normal. There are many things wrong with this. Okay, first off, um, People pointed this out, possession of a firearm, it needs to be an illegal firearm in New York, right? It's not just like any gun. 
It's only if they have an illegal firearm. Uh, second, the laws in New York are not specific to black teenagers. Um, anybody, right. it, it applies to everybody. You can't just be like, oh, there's a gun. Oh, no, it's okay. The guy's white. So he yeah, doesn't. He's on a black teenager. We'll let him go this time. Yeah, it <laughs> doesn't it's... work like that. Um, and also comparing what's happening in Virginia, like these are totally different states. Like I'm not sure if exactly. New York has open carry, but this is like, that's a totally different state. Right? Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure New York's gun laws are they've they've almost denied the Second Amendment to themselves. Yeah, ways, right. Yeah, uh, which is what Virginians are standing up against in this case. Mm-hmm. And for sure, and so you can you can support Virginia's uh, the Second Amendment rally or not, but trying to put again this weird racial spin on it. Oh, yeah, and it's so ironic because like the people who are fighting for Second Amendment rights, they are fine with law-abiding black people owning firearms, just like they are any race of people who, again, aren't criminals, owning firearms who go through the proper means. So it's... Yeah, you just got to love the characterization that all white people that gather together are somehow this... this, It's menacing. Yeah, this menacing, racialized, like they they hate other, I guess. Yeah, I can can feel it, the white supremacy. Meanwhile, like Antifa literally rioting, same with uh, Black Lives Matter when that was like more popular, like burning cities. And they're just like, oh... Pro- passion. It's passion. Passionate protesters. Okay. Then we had David Hogg, uh, who's not really a thing anymore, but guns are kind of his jam. So he tweeted this out. How many of these people do you think would support the Black Panthers' right to carry or armed resistance to the white militias that stole the North American continent? Answer, none, because they only want guns to enforce white supremacy. I love that's a lot of like he's getting the racial thing in. He's getting the... Uh, you know, European people stole the North. Like he's getting all of those things. In. And again, it's succinct. A single, a single post. How long ago did this guy become famous? It's like what a year and a half ago? Maybe, 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 maybe two. two? Years? Yeah. It's getting like time goes by fast now. I will say, but man, this guy's taking the blue pill all the way. Oh, for sure. He's taking the blue suppository. This is <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like it's, yeah, and I'm what say. so many people have pointed out is that when we have a photo, there were actually Black Panthers present. At the rally, because it turns out, and, you know, not just Black Panther specifically as a group, but there were um, many people who were passionate about Second Amendment rights who were Black, Asian, Latino, whatever race you can imagine, because believe it or not, you don't have to be, I guess, racially defined to think that right to self-protection is a good idea. And uh, actually, so Talia Lavin, Lavin? I always get it wrong. She's um that... I don't even want to say reporter, but she's that person who was infamously fired after after she um, tweeted out that a, what was it, a border patrol officer had a Iron Cross or Nazi tattoo. Mm. Turned out that that's not all what it was. So she was fired from her job, had a brief, brief stint um, at, I want to say New York University. I don't think anyone signed up for her class, so she got let go. She just put out these tweets. We don't have an insert for them, but I will read them for you guys. She wrote a piece called That Pro-Gun Rally in Virginia Wasn't Exactly Peaceful for GQ. And you might be wondering, oh, did anyone actually get hurt? No, but but she's using peaceful in the kind of way that, like, words can be violent. So, like, yeah. yeah. So something cannot be peaceful even though technically, yes, it was peaceful. Okay, so she says, if I show up to your house with a thousand AK-47s and don't wind up shooting you, is that a fun, wholesome, peaceful day for both of us? So she's saying the presence of the gun is is in and of itself violence, um, which is not accurate. She says, in this scenario, I also have hung a noose around an effigy of you and also have a guillotine as a, as a prop. Chill, peaceful S. So that's, that's not 
No. Okay. Um, I know it's hard for someone like Talia Lavin, who is a just like an avowed leftist to understand the concept of self-defense, right? But having a gun is not a threat. It's, I think, at, at best a warning. And I know people have criticized Second Amendment supporters before for saying stuff like, come and get it. Or even um, Ben Shapiro mentioned before something with kids in public schools. If you mm, came and yeah. tried to take my yeah. child, I would use my Second Amendment rights. People are like, you're threatening him. And he's like, no. No, and it's saying, I think it's the same with these protesters. This was not a threat. This was just exercising their right. Um, and I don't think it's an accident that there was nothing nothing crazy that happened. And I know, again, I think I share the mentality that a lot of these people do who weren't around guns where guns equals more danger. But it's I've kind of had to train myself to think rationally about it, which these people clearly have not even attempted, to say if there was violence that would happen which I suppose is always a possibility no matter where you are, it would be stopped real quick, real quick, like we saw at that church. So apologies to all of the, you know, the protesters, the rally participants who were smeared as white supremacists. Uh, I'm pretty certain that you're not. Some of you looked suspiciously tanned. And I'm interested to see where this... Yeah, white supremacy. Exactly. I'm interested to see where this goes in Virginia. I've heard um, some people say that uh, they, they want to join West Virginia now. Just like sissy. West Virginia, best Virginia? Question mark. I don't know. I only, I only know that because I like that song. That Is that a song? I don't know. Yeah, come on. What's the country song there? Country Road. Yeah. C- country. That's okay, but that's not a lyric in the song. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, um, I got it wrong. Again. <laughs> All right. So we're moving on to, I guess, no better word for it, gay degeneracy. So on this show, we've we often criticize degeneracy uh child drag queens teaching young kids in school how to masturbate having four living boyfriends and letting one of them impregnate you honestly a lot of the things that happen at mm. gay pride parades like the list goes on take your pick we we do a pretty good job of you know ma- managing to find that stuff actually i feel like on the internet a lot of it finds you you will you will be met with it, this it, stuff. it's marketing right i mean yeah. i i got caught watching a few clips on youtube of my 600 pound life the other day and it's like why why yeah. What am I doing to myself? I was wondering. That's what's going on here. Yeah. Um, sorry, I got an awful mental image. So yeah, anytime <laughs> we talk about one of those subjects and are critical of it, there are always some people who react really negatively. I think you said we got a response video made of us from uh, when we did that one about the, oh, yeah, yeah, the, about the po- polyamorous, polyamorous yeah, 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 relationship. Uh, I am totally okay with being known as the person who is against that relationship, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. Call me that all you want. Um, and there are always people who say stuff like, oh, you're being hateful. Uh, you're being like anti-LGBT. You're such a fascist. Again, the list of that also goes on. Just check out the comment section. So, I, I mean, I don't think you have to hate people to disapprove of their behavior. Um, that may be a novel concept for some of these activists, but I genuinely do believe that. Uh, you don't have to hate gay people to not want kids to be sexualized or to not see public nudity and essentially what I think are public sex acts. And you don't have to want a certain behavior banned to recognize, hey, you probably shouldn't be doing it and especially probably shouldn't be doing it again in public, right? Those those are my views. I think they're reasonable. I think they're non-controversial. Uh, maybe some people disagree. Um, 
I saw an article the other day, and the whole conversation is sparked, seemed very familiar. It seemed like exactly the, the type of stuff that we go through. This article is from Brad Palumbo. For the Washington Examiner, he wrote, DC's degenerate leather weekend annihilates gay progress. There was a lot going on this weekend, apparently. We had Women's March, a leather weekend, gun rally on Monday, just everything coming together. Mm. The fight, of course. The fight, of course. Yeah. MLK Day. Just, MLK, yeah. uh, This past weekend, he writes, my boyfriend and I... He is gay, celebrated restaurant week in D.C. by going out to eat at a fancy Mexican joint that would usually be out of our budget, and then we started re-watching Game of Thrones on HBO. A slightly older gay man I know spent the weekend at home with his husband and their newly adopted infant. Across the country, untold millions of gay people, such as us, went about their normal lives without making any headlines in the process. Meanwhile, D.C.'s degenerate gay community was busy celebrating Leather Weekend, giving us all a bad name and annihilating what progress we've made. Homosexuals were wrongly maligned for centuries as perverts and deviants. Modern left-wing gay people seem determined to keep up the public displays of debauchery that keep this stereotype alive. I've written in these pages in the past month about the way this manifests itself during Pride Month every June. I can agree with that. As I wrote then, at almost any Pride event, you'll find scantily clad marchers, rainbow-themed sex toys, and profane posters. The hypersexualization of the Pride movement is so extreme that it's reinforcing the biases some Americans still have against gay people. According to liberal gay news outlets like the Washington Blade, the Mid-Atlantic Leather Weekend, or MAL for short, is a three-day party for leather, kink, and fetish enthusiasts that continues to grow in popularity with scores of packed venues across the district. I bet you guys listening or watching right now wish you could go back to a time before you knew that. But here we are. The event doesn't appear to be exclusively gay or transgender focused, but that overwhelmingly seems to have been the public slant. The paper also reported two groups adding diversity to the festivities this year are the People of Color Kink and Leather Experience. Apparently, they like to be like to go by Pockle and Sadie V, a POC leather community. Both groups are hosting MAL queer slash transgender people of color kinky queer events. Very niche audience, I would imagine. Friday and Saturday at the Hampton Inn. Hampton Inn, really? Okay. Uh, many of events took uh, many of the events took place at gay bars, and the agenda included events such as Deviant, a circle party, sorry, a circuit party and celebration for queer people of color, as well as Sungay, <laughs> described as an outdoor day party with leather aficionados, muscle boys, bears, and more. Brad writes, this is... Not that kind of bear, guys. <laughs> Brad writes, this is disgusting, but it's more than that. It's eminently harmful to gay progress and acceptance. For one, it's bizarre to see anyone so openly boast about their sexual kinks and perversions. They should certainly be free to do whatever they want, but there's absolutely no reason to turn one's odd sexual fantasies into a public conversation. Or, sorry, public convention. The bigger problem, though, is the way these people conflate their sexual deviancy with homosexuality. There is, in reality, nothing about leather, kink, or fetishes that is at all related to homosexuality. I would argue that these people are no different from heterosexuals with similar perversions, so why the exhibitionism? So, to me, completely reasonable take, right? That's not outrageous. That's not worthy of an angry yeah. tweet storm or name-calling. You know what I've heard... Many, many straight people with that kind of complaint complaint about Pride Parades for years now. Yeah. It does seem like what uh, Brad talked about in that article is genuinely felt by a portion of the community. In fact, including myself. I, yeah. I, you know. And I, I hear that a lot of time whenever we cover these types of issues related to LGBT people. I'll have people saying, 
I don't mind if someone is LGBT. I wouldn't hold it against them or treat them differently as a person. But what I cannot stand are these public displays of debauchery or the feeling that, you know, um, we've tossed any sort of moral code or standards out the door, which is exactly what Brad is talking about. And I mean, even if you don't agree with him, I don't think it can be fair to say that his statements are homophobic. Apparently, social media disagrees, though, because this was not a popular piece among certain groups. I feel like you can know what those groups are. I just think that, like, being gay is one thing. Being into a number of kinks or fetishes, like, that's one thing, too. Trying to conflate those two things, though, right? Act as if they're linked in some way. And on top of that, to do it all very publicly in this exhibitionist style of convention like i can see why brad wrote this piece i I really do understand it's the same kind of reasoning probably as why i made that video about the women's march right you see people who are claiming to speak for your group whatever that may be you disagree with them and you want to say hey mm -mm, like these i'm not with these people um so there's one critique in particular that i wanted to go through it's one of the nicer ones more well thought out ones it's by um someone named yashar ali on twitter um i do follow him i like a lot of his stuff disagree with him here though and and we'll go over why this is number one for centuries we've been referred to and by the way he is gay as well as degenerates and deviants by people who wanted to kill us you using the same language he's referring to brad against a community you are a part of makes me really sad you know what halts progress in the lgbt community brad shame okay so it's true gay people historically have been referred to as degenerates and deviants but even if you're someone who is totally on board with gay rights that doesn't mean that degenerates and deviants no longer exist because you don't think that is the average gay person. Not at all. I mean, and I I get this all the time. I get called like a a neo-Nazi or things for using the word degeneracy, but all it means is just morally repugnant behavior, unacceptable behavior, right? And is, is Brad, because he's gay, now unable to call out anything he finds distasteful or threatening to gay rights and gay acceptance? It just, I'm... I'm not really understanding it there. I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest, right? If there was a, you know, they did have a straight pride parade, I think. Yeah. But if straight pride parade, let's say, in, in our hypothetical universe, was exactly what like that, you know, where you can find videos online of those of those pride parades that are yeah. like, you don't even want to, I, I won't even talk about their content on camera, let alone, yeah, um, let alone give you clips of them because, you, you know, yeah, it's, it's, just, yeah. it's bad. You know, if straight pride was like that at all. I would say something. You know, I, of course. Yeah. You know, I. Yeah, I'm I'm just socially conservative. That's the way I am. If I if I'm in a if I'm with guys in a locker room, I don't even dig the locker room talk most of the time. I get angry at them. I'll be yeah. like, "What's going on here?" You know, because I think that it's it's a culture of sickness in a lot of ways. And, yeah. And it's you see it on open display in in your the openness of your downtown in your cities on an annual basis now, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of sad that now not only is that widely accepted, but even speaking out against that. Yeah. Is controversial. Speaking out against that while firming, firmly, like Brad was obviously doing, maintaining that gay people are just regular people, that's controversial. And he of says, course. you know what halts progress in the LGBT community, Brad? Shame. So you're like, Brad is not saying you need to be ashamed if you're gay. He's saying that there are some unacceptable behaviors out there, especially publicly. And yes, gay people, like straight people, can engage in those behaviors. Like, so we're just abandoning shame as like a general concept. We can do whatever we want and should feel good about it. No, I think we, I, I'm from an honor shame background. I grew up in Asia and actually, you know, there are a lot of people in the West too, who 
embrace that mentality, though it's not the norm here. And I think like having shame is an acknowledgement that you've done something you shouldn't have. And it can be a huge motivator to improve yourself, right? I think a, a world where we have no shame, where everything is just out on the table, that's not a, a world where we seek to better ourselves, right? And I, I don't think just getting rid of shame entirely because it's been misused in the past is the answer. He continues that, the idea that people who hate LGBTQ people are somehow going to respect us if we do stuff acceptable to them is absurd. They're not degenerates and deviants. They're human beings who enjoy something different, something that does not impact anyone but them. Okay, so first off, there are studies out there that show that acceptance toward LGBT people is actually backsliding, right? Not huge, but people are a little bit more uncomfortable um, around the LGBT community than they used to be. Hmm. Does that have anything to do with dancing eight-year-olds? Maybe, maybe, perhaps, because, you know, I think saying that like LGBTQ people who hate LGBT people, they're just going to hate us no matter what. You're painting the issue with way too broad a stroke, right? Absolutely. There are people out there, tons of people who don't care what you do in your bedroom, but they're starting to associate. And it's no wonder that they're starting to associate being LGBT with all of these you know, over-sexualized behaviors, and that's what's making them uncomfortable, right? It doesn't mean that they hate gay people. And even for the, the people who say, hey, I believe marriage should be between a man and a woman, um, you partaking in those behaviors is only solidifying the wrong idea that they have that the people in leather collars represent all of LGBT people, right? And I think, like, just saying, oh, they're going to hate us no matter what. Therefore, I, I should be free to indulge in the worst behavior possible. That's not good for anybody, right? It's it's like they, it's how I believe Christians should act. It doesn't matter if, you know, this person is never going to become a Christian or, or whatever and you really disagree with them. Act your best, right? Be your best. Be a representative for your community. And same if you're, you know, if you're an LGBT person, feel free to live your life without doing all the stuff that we see at, at pride parades. And I think if everyone held themselves to those standards, we'd get along a lot better. We'd begin viewing each other a lot better. It's just, yeah. Okay, uh, they're not degenerates and deviants. They're human beings who enjoy something different. Okay, there there are different preferences, right? Not every different preference is degenerate. Some are. Yeah, no. Some are, right? I think that's just, no. So, so, some things are not okay. We're going to get to one of those things in just a second. Um, but he finishes, the question is, and I know the answer, why don't all of the straight leather kink people reflect poorly on the straight community? Isn't that, sorry, isn't interesting that all the stuff only reflects on the straight people who engage in it and mm. not the straight people overall? Like Brad mentioned, and I think he did this specifically, they're calling themselves like the LGBT this, the LGBT this, when you always brand yourself with of course. that. People are going to associate it. And I think there's also the issue of proportionality. Yeah. Right? I mean, I can't count almost anyone in my life that I know is into leather and or anything that like you that, know. Right? That, I, that I know is into <laughs> leather. Well, guess what? They don't go to parades. Yeah. So, you know what? But but I, I like there's just a much bigger overlap, I'd wager, and I haven't seen any studies or statistics. In fact, I doubt they exist as to the overlap between people that like go to straight leather kink parades and people that go to LGBT parades. Mm -hmm. But I bet you there's a very large overlap. Yeah, and that's it's part of the culture. I, I've had LGBT friends who have complained that they want to just find, you know, a regular partner to settle down with, have a family. But there's so much of the like sexual promiscuity and things yeah. like that, that it's hard for them to do. And I feel really bad for people like that. I feel bad for people who, you know, see these people doing things that they don't approve of 
And not only are they doing that, they're kind of saying, hey, they're declaring themselves representatives of what you are. It's the, it's the same feeling I, I, that I feel, I think, with stuff like the Women's March, but the LGBT community does it, it so much more in a disproportionate way. Um, yeah, I, I side with Brad on this. I honestly do. I don't think there was anything wrong with what he said. Um, you know, there are people calling him like the gay equivalent of Uncle Tom, um, one of the bad gays. And it's like, no, he's just he's a gay person who doesn't want to see leather kink conventions yeah. at the Hampton Inn. Unabashed sexual hedonism in the open streets. Yeah, yeah, and I think he's right. This is doing, and we see it actually objectively, more harm to gay acceptance. And I think people like Dave Rubin, Dave Rubin like Brad, who can show people that, hey, I'm, I'm a person who happens to be gay. It's not my identity. It's not my personality. Doesn't mean I'm going to show up in like a gimp suit or anything like that. Those types of people do way more to further acceptance than someone who's attending one of these conventions and trying to make this huge statement of it. Um, so, okay, the idea that it's just different preferences doesn't make it degenerate. Um, I saw this post on social media the, the other day. It has nothing to do with, like, LGBT whatever, just because I, I don't think those things are synonymous, despite what some critics might say. This person said, Mother and daughter subscribe to our OnlyFans my OnlyFans and then her URL, mother's OnlyFans, her URL. So if you're listening on an audio platform, basically it's a mother and a daughter in lingerie in front of a mirror in what some people pointed out was a, a messy mirror. Um, I, like a lot of people, were like, WTF, what is this? And I, you know, said as much. Most people agreed with me, right? Most people were like, yeah, that is messed up. A shocking number, though. Too many, in my opinion, were like, what's wrong with that, though? What's wrong with that? You know, they're both they consenting adults. Like, yeah. They're saying. yeah what's, and, like, what's wrong with that? And I mean, listen, there's far worse than this going around. Don't get me wrong. Like, but this is this is an instance where you say exactly what we would say to those LGBT parades, right? Yeah, this it's, is degenerate. This is deviant. Yeah. Yeah. It's unacceptable. And, and, and it's, it's disappointing that we've gotten to a place in society where not only can you find this stuff – but yeah. that is, it's it's public, right? Yeah, and people are like, what's wrong with it when you try to criticize? Like, what's wrong with it? Just like, they're consenting. Like, what's wrong with it? I, don't you love freedom? I thought you loved freedom. Okay, you don't... I mean, so this did turn out to be a scam. I hate the people who told us this because it means they tried to pay and they actually, I think, did pay. Turns out they're not related or something like that. But... Yeah, um, thank God, honestly. Enabling the sexualization of your child that is degenerate, that is deviant. Doesn't matter if your child is of age. You're still the parent in the situation. You shouldn't be doing that. Um, setting an example that selling nudes online is a good choice for your child. You're still the parent. You shouldn't be doing that. There are so many reasons, like, so many reasons. Enabling your child to sexually exploit yourself. It's just, like, the reasons go on as to why this is not okay. And I can say, yeah, but it should be legal. I'm not saying that we should, you know, find these women, lock them up. But we should at least be able to say, okay, this is, like, that's not good, right? You shouldn't want this for your daughter, your anyone you know. It's just bad. And um, yeah, it's it's a dark world out there. And I think we are getting to a point where it's going to become more and more unpopular to, to not only not do it, but to actually speak against it, which is scary. Um, so props to Brad for writing that piece. And I'm sorry he had to deal with some negative backlash for it. But I think I think it is important that he said something. That's pretty much all we have to say for now, though. And if you guys are watching live, be sure to stay on the stream because we're going to be back in just a few seconds uh, going over the super chats, comments, questions, concerns. And for everyone else, we will see you guys next week.